They got married right away. To be honest, it would have been a dick move if he didn't marry her right away. And if he ever divorces her, and people find out what really brought them together, safe to say the karma would be unbearable. It all started on a Friday night when the Laker game ended. Channel 4's local sports correspondent Madison Alvarez had been called up to co-anchor the news for the first time. No one remembers why. Jonah was affected by her immediately, of course, but the Lakers had just gotten lit up and he was more interested in some form of good news to ease the sting, at least at the beginning. It only took three, maybe four of her stories for him to fall. By the time she started the story about a congressman being arrested for insider training, Jonah had already found her Instagram and LinkedIn profiles. When she signed off for the night, he had confirmed that he would never love anyone more than he already loved her. Madison's moniker's mix of a blatantly Caucasian given name with a Hispanic surname perfectly matched her appearance. She had those fierce midnight brown eyes, but a Nordic nose with cheeks that would have one think she stored acorns in them. Her honey brown hair was always in a chaotically curly ponytail, converting her natural glam into a more sporty look. Jonah always appreciated how the golden highlights ran back perfectly across her skull from her forehead to the knot. He was a sucker for nice hair. He was a spiritual person only in that he was a regular meditator and had a working knowledge of astrology, tarot, general metaphysics. His profession was interior design and thus he never had a hard use for these skills, but he enjoyed the subjects and they came in handy often enough in other parts of his life. For example, he wasted little time in bad relationships because he could tell right away who was lost in the void and who was more balanced. Often this call was made before he even met up with a potential partner because he had covertly secured her birthday, analyzed her natal chart, and found far too many obstacles. He also was blessed to have a knack for making firm, wise decisions because he was adept at suppressing his ego whenever it wanted to rise up and stir the pot. Years of practice had paid small dividends like these, but of course the lump sum have yet to arrive. In fact, it was exactly the limitations of his knowledge in these matters that clouded him from seeing just how close he was to cashing in. Now, before the conspiracy theorists chime in, it was always known that Jonah didn't know what he was doing when he started. Manifestation was barely in his lexicon. He knew he was him and she was her, and there was no realistic path towards their partnership. He understood that, but he allowed himself this little fantasy anyway. He had deprived himself of so many others before, and if he could never have her in his life, at least he could have the idea of her. He figured the only person the fantasy would hurt was him, and he was more than willing to take that suffering for her. Yes, he maybe should have noticed that it was odd that the more he stalked her profiles, organized her photos into little categories on his phone, and spent his nights fantasizing about various romantic and familial activities with Madison, the more she would fill in as an anchor. But that's asking a bit much, isn't it? And naturally, he'd be bordering on narcissism if he gave any thought to the body stacking up being a result of his personal thoughts. He certainly wasn't the first guy to mark her post for reference later. He definitely wasn't the first to draw his initials next to hers in a heart. He might have been the first guy to sing love songs with the name Mads inserted into every downbeat, though. In fairness, he would have loved to think that it was actually his power that was skyrocketing his Madison's professional career. The cost of that result would have been immaterial. Any conclusion as to cause or effect you want to draw... The fact was that Madison had been promoted to permanent co-anchor of the Channel 4 Nightly News by the first of the following month.
Jonah was careful not to let any stranger see his phone, lest they find out that he had Madison, a woman who had no idea Jonah resided in her city, much less resided anywhere, as his lock screen. He went about his daily routines without any alteration, other than the internal bliss of knowing that his crush was set to have dinner with him through a television screen at the end of each and every workday. It was around this time that the story of the first infections were making international news. Jonah only knew about this because Madison became the de facto go-to for the developing story. From what he understood, it was hard to pay much attention because she was so goddamn gorgeous. Something had been transmitted to some pig farmers in Poland, and it was causing symptoms that included shortness of breath, heavy fever, and skin rashes. The reason it had made his local news was because Poland had been taking international heat for not monitoring its borders once the infected rate hit 1,000. Madison reported that there were people showing symptoms all throughout Eastern Europe now, and the concept was that China, Russia, and Western Europe would be next. Jonah had a construction site visit the next morning, so once Madison wrapped up her coverage, he shut off the TV and went to sleep. Completely on brand, he had no clue that everything would change the next day. A medium-sized man, Jonah always felt puny next to the stalwart construction workers when on location. He passed across the foundation as best as he could so as not to be noticed. After his notes had been made and the team had been briefed on the progress, he closed up his notebook and intended on heading back to his car. However, one of the workers asked if anyone had wanted to grab a drink at the local spot for lunch. Jonah thought it'd be best not to say anything negative about drinking in the middle of the workday and went ahead with the group. He was surprised at how well he got along with the men who had intimidated him so much. They spoke about the complications of this project and a previous work that seemed to be trending more and more difficult. Jonah, who was very well read on the hottest design trends and highly knowledgeable as to why clients asked for certain things, impressed the group with his ability to explain what they once found so infuriating. They gained a high level of respect for the timid man as he enlightened them on various aspects of his profession that complemented their own. And as a result of the unexpected boost in what had been rapidly decaying morale, the lunch hour was happily extended by the project manager. As the alcohol intake escalated, the conversation became less formal and they began to speak as friends, which is what Jonah had hoped to avoid. Before long, their old ladies came up and Jonah was asked about his situation. Grasping his phone out of instinct, he quickly muttered that his girlfriend's name was Maddie. Even though this had shot out before he could think, he was glad that he still held the presence of mind to avoid revealing the incriminating last name. Naturally, the boys wanted to know more, so he obliged. He spoke about her honey-streaked hair, midnight brown eyes, and her proclivity towards science. He twisted facts slightly so as to give him enough distance, but he remained close enough to paint the picture that he was already dating the woman of his dreams. And they bought it. Like a master politician, he told the men about how she was somewhat of an expert on this virus outbreak. And just like that, he steered the subject away from asking for visual and incriminating confirmation all the way into a much juicier subject. No one thought twice about the maneuver. One knew the news wasn't being taken seriously at this time because the virus had to be forced into conversation. And when it was, most spoke of how overblown the coverage had been. Not two days later, Poland would issue a nationwide lockdown order after the infected number had surpassed 40,000. Doctors familiar with the subject tried their best to flood social media with their cries of how the sky was falling because of how fast it had spread. They said they had never seen anything like it. From what they had been claiming, it was attacking the respiratory system, as is common with these type of things, and it went as far as to shut it down completely within five to eight days without immediate treatment. One doctor had morbidly, and perhaps too dramatically, coined the name Terminatus. It stuck. 
Madison had posted a song to her story that Jonah recognized immediately. The band was so obscure it bears no mentioning. The fact that she would even know them, but also know and like that song, and then post it, was a coincidence in which he took great comfort. But when the same song shuffled up next on his own playlist, while he was still thinking about the synchronicity, he felt an odd sensation. He had gone from warm and fuzzy inside to paranoid and defensive. He suddenly remembered that one of his co-workers at a former part-time gig had spoken of this to him before. In fact, he was just realizing that this was most likely the first time he had ever had his metaphysical interest peaked. He was told, when things sync up in a too perfect way, it means you're right where you need to be at that moment. Little things like this started to show up more and more, but Jonah defaulted to brushing them off as funny little reminders of how smitten he was, since the idea that they were in any way related to reality was far too ridiculous to even consider. He had this thing where he always thought of four as being Madison's number because she was on Channel 4 News, and she was born on the fourth day of the fourth month. Her son also rested in his fourth house, the house of family and home. When the clock struck four and he looked up to see a Wisconsin sticker on a car, he made the connection to its capital and took it as a universe smiling upon him. This continued until he saw that number everywhere, most noticeably when Madison broke the news that the Terminator's death count hit four. Thousand. She said that Europe was closing borders at light speed because of how fast it was spreading and killing. There were people in their 20s succumbing to it every day now. The doctors that weren't suiting up to treat the infected were adopting research, and many of them didn't want to share what they were finding. They didn't want the panic. Madison ended her story by telling everyone to stay positive, clean, and to be thankful there hadn't been any cases in the U.S. yet. She, of course, didn't know the first one would take at least five days to arrive in Louisiana. By the time the United States entered their nationwide lockdown, Jonah had been laid off. He took the time to work on his personal portfolio and ended up with what he considered his best work yet. He even designed some film, television, and theater sets in a random surge of creativity. He always enjoyed drama and had a former hobby of designing locations for books and plays when he was much younger, but he never imagined making any sort of financial progress in that arena. Over 100,000 had died of Terminatus during the time state leaders desperately tried to change that horrifying sobriquet. They officially landed on K-A-U-F, cough, Krakow Accelerated Ubiquitous Flu. The ironic homophone was wasted since no one actually adopted the change in practice. The good news was that Madison was still broadcasting. They had set up an at-home anchor desk and she essentially video chatted with the city. Still as positive as ever, she tried to cover stories about how much work was being done to find a vaccine and how the situation gave people more time to be with their families. How Jonah would have loved to be locked down with her and their would-be family. He imagined her and the non-existent children painting, solving puzzles, or just taking a few naps to kill the time. He had nothing else to do, so he drew stick figures of her, him, and the three children on one of his designs. He also added a big Labrador retriever. And a pig. Why not? The next day, Madison said that over half a million Californians had officially contracted the virus. A few days later... They started saying that Terminatus was potentially mutating into an airborne affair, so that meant no one could go outside. The president had mobilized the National Guard to police the newly intensified lockdown. There was an online process to request food and necessities, after which you would receive a visit from an M16 wielding delivery team with your supplies. Although the term martial law was never used, what else was this? 
Literally all work had stopped. Fortunately, the news was considered essential and Madison had since become their top anchor due mostly to the random stroke of luck of being assigned the Terminator's coverage way back when no one cared about it. She was now the only one reporting for Channel 4 and by proxy the only one in Los Angeles still broadcasting at all due to a federal grant to keep them afloat. They had been given the distinction of being the only Los Angeles station to continue broadcasting. Another stroke of luck for Jonah's love. Madison was so dedicated to her social responsibility of being the sole visual broadcast media in the city that she took it upon herself to go live on her own social media channels during the day to give updates as she came to know them. Naturally, Jonah was there for everyone. He even got the notifications. It was around the time that the United States registered one million deaths that she went live to break that very news. Jonah never dared to comment or react to anything, preferring to keep his head low, but as the numbers of those who tuned into her broadcast morbidly dwindled, he became harder to hide. He was terrified to hear her call out his name in one session. She had reacted to his account Handel's clever pun on his favorite breed of dog and his favorite Laker. Before he had time to panic and think of what to respond, he checked the time to confirm. It was four o'clock. He quickly hit the generic thumbs up react and logged off. The number of American deaths began to trickle off after four million. California governor announced that the National Guard would be moving out within the next two weeks. Everything would be permitted to open back up along a similar timeline. Jonah, Madison, and about eight million others in the city didn't have jobs to go back to by now. Channel 4's network would want to rebrand like everyone else, so despite being the face of news for the city during one of its most trying times, Madison was let go. One day as Jonah was taking a walk down the street, a habit that had become popular with everyone as soon as it was legal to go outside, he saw a flyer for a stage show that was to take place the following evening. It appeared to be a true squatting effort wherein the company would use an abandoned office space to put on their play. What else did Jonah have going on? The show was actually spectacular and with a major turnout. Like Jonah, no one else had much else to do. He stood after the show to speak with the creative director, a man by the name of Terry, and asked if he'd be open to having Jonah create some set design, since there was none. He was hired for the role on the spot and managed to negotiate a salary of a daily meal and credit. Jonah clearly had bigger issues to deal with, but he hadn't seen Madison in weeks, and it was affecting him greatly. She had not even been active on her social media. He spent that night designing their imaginary bedroom and their imaginary home to cope. When he saw her at the performance that next night, he was almost expecting it. It was around this time that he first and finally started to believe that he was influencing her in some way. Of course, he would never realize he had shifted the entire world for her. He didn't speak to her or even get close. He just watched the show and tried to take in her reactions. She seemed enthralled, at least from his perspective. She lingered after the show to speak to the cast and the creative team, but Jonah instinctually abandoned his post before she got to him. When she kept showing up night after night, he finally asked about her. Terry informed him that she was interested in auditioning for the next show. She had been so moved by the entire concept, the show, the location, the act itself. She told Terry that she always harbored dreams of being an actress, and her gut told her the time was now. Then... She happened upon the flyer and took action immediately. Jonah asked when a new show would begin pre-production, to which he was told in about two weeks, and that he was of course expected to design the sets. He received a script the next day, and he knew immediately that Madison would have no trouble securing the lead. 
They spoke for the first time at one of the pre-production meetings. The date was August 4th. She had noticed that he had been avoiding her, and it actually worked to his advantage. She approached him and immediately complimented his designs. He was unable to say almost anything coherent in response and resorted to nodding and forcing a mumbled thank you. Fortunately, she was not satisfied and pried a conversation out of him as she inquired about his background. Jonah somehow found a groove with her as he relayed his history, but once he made eye contact, all was lost. This time, Madison took the hint and gave him his piece. He thought he was in the clear until Terry informed him that the department heads and the leads would be having dinner that night and it was crucial he'd be in attendance. Jonah understood at that moment that there was no weaseling out and he would indeed be seated right next to Madison when the time came. And so it was. It was the most effortless forced interaction he would ever experience. So they did get married right away. Even the engagement came without more than half of a year passing. Madison still tells everyone that she fell in love with him on sight. She claims that she knew she'd love him the first time she had seen the show and felt how much the design moved her, like she belonged with that creation and by proxy, its creator. She said she had never noticed design before that night. Of course, she would never know what Jonah had done to secure her. The steps he had blindly taken to rearrange the world into one where they'd be together. The millions that had to die slowly, surrounded not by family but by strangers in hazmat suits, their lungs failing them with every breath. The hundreds of thousands that had to starve because they couldn't support themselves after the Terminatus was defeated. She was spared the details, yet spoiled with the rewards. All Madison knew was that these last few months were wild, and the next ones would be much better. That was Locked Down, written, produced, and read by me, Josh Ramirez. Make sure you're following me on Wattpad and YouTube and share with all your friends. Thank you for listening.